Just a short um, devotion regarding that. And the first thing I wanted to mention is that uh, in the coming weeks, we're going to be doing a series on, on marriage. And, you know, I wanted to talk about that, or I felt called to talk about it, because it's such an important relationship. Uh, it's families are built around it. And if marriages are struggling, it affects not just the two people involved, but it affects the whole family. I also wanted to talk about them, too, because marriages are really intense, or they can be really intense. There can be uh, tremendous hurt. There can be um, lots of great things as well. So I wanted to, uh, to speak about that. But also, I wanted to talk some about it even this morning, that as we talk about marriages in the next few, few weeks, talking about marriage, is to realize that, that many of you are, are married and, and doing well at that, but some of you are not, or some of you have recently lost a spouse, um, or some of you are in the process of going through difficult things with your, with your spouse. And so I, I wanted to say that in the beginning, too, to acknowledge that not everyone is at the same place when we start talking about marriage, and, but wanting to, to say that even if, even if you're not married or, um, or marriage is a really painful subject for you, I think there's still going to be lots to, to hear from the Word of God in the coming weeks. The, uh, the text that I wanted to, or I felt uh, God leading me to, to share today comes from Ephesians, which many of you know is a pretty common uh, uh, text or a text that often people think of when they think of marriage. And, and it reads like this. This is from Paul's letter. For those of you who don't know, Paul was a, an early pastor who wrote a letter to a church in Ephesus, which is modern-day Greece. And he, he wrote... Speaking to the whole church, he says, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives. Love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, people have never hated their own bodies, but they feed and care for them, just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery. But I'm talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you must also love his wife as he loves himself, and his wife must respect her husband. And I'm reading this text, and, and actually I'm preaching on a different text next week uh, from Colossians. We're talking about forgiving one another. And in both of these texts, the basis for our relationship with each other, our relationship for husbands and wife, husband and wives, is our relationship with Jesus our relationship with God. That's the basis for it. And here he says, uh, Paul talks to the men and he says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. The basis for our relationship is Christ. And actually next week I'm going to be talking some about forgiveness. And it comes from Colossians uh, chapter 3. And Paul is talking to that church there and he says, Forgive one another just as Christ has forgiven you. Again, in both places, our relationship with our spouse is based on our relationship with God, on our relationship with Jesus. But we're here today celebrating the feast, celebrating the Lord's Supper. And I was reading through this text and realizing how much of this 
speaks of who Jesus is and what this meal means for us as well. It says at verse 25, it says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. And listen to this. And gave himself up for her. Christ gave himself up for us, his church, to make us holy, cleansing us by the washing with the water through the word, and to present us to himself as a radiant church, without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives, and he goes on from there. It talks about how Christ gave himself up for us. How Jesus, being the Son of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but he made himself nothing and became human, taking on the very nature of a slave. And he became, and he lived his life, and he was obedient, even obedient to death, even death on a cross. That Jesus gave himself up for us, the church, to make us holy when we are not, to make us clean when we do horrible things to each other and we rebel against God, to make us radiant when we so often feel that we are not. Jesus did this for us, his church. As we come to the Lord's table today, it's a sacred privilege. The words that are spoken here are familiar. They remind us of the rhythms of our faith. They remind us that we come from a deep tradition. Some of the words are new, some of the words are 2,000 years old, but all of these words are ours. It's our privilege to celebrate the Lord's Supper. All who trust in Christ and desire his holy life, all who mourn their sin and wish to be delivered from it, all who desire to walk in love with their neighbor and who crave new life in Christ, all who follow the commandments of God and walk in his holy ways, you, you are invited to this table to receive this meal. Friends, this is a joyful meal for the people of God. In one sense, it is a meal. It's a mysterious meal that unites us and nourishes our faith. In another sense, it's only a taste. It's a taste of that heavenly bank in which all of God's people throughout time and around the world, will gather together at one table with Christ at the head. Many will come from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south, and sit at the table in the kingdom of God. This is the Lord's table. Our Savior invites all who trust in him to share in this meal. If this meal is new to you, or if you still have questions about Jesus and who he is, We invite you to watch and then afterward ask us, why do you guys eat this meal? What does this mean? We'd love to talk with you about it and share with you what this means for us. As we prepare to come to the Lord's table, we reflect on our reasons for thankfulness and faith. We reflect on our need for forgiveness and for love. Come to this sacred table, not because you must, but because you may. Come not to testify that you are righteous, but that you sincerely love our Lord Jesus Christ and desire to be his true disciples. Come not because you are strong, but because you are weak. Not because you have any claim on the grace of God, but because in your frailty and sin you stand in constant need of God's mercy and his help. Come not to express an opinion, but to seek God's presence and pray for the Spirit. 
come to this table.